0: I got a calculator. It's a I ever had. It's a calculator in my finally this. Oh it, my it's a calculator. God, thank this, this is I it. can't believe how mom, cool it is. Oh my God, mom, oh my it's, not, it's unbelievable. My God. Oh, oh my, my God. God, oh my God, it's real. It's real. I thank God. you, God. Mom. This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis, and Jerry at Jerry DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime-a-dozen jabroni leagues out there? then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ Ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code Ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And tonight, we're talking value. Player value, calculator value. And speaking of calculator, I've got a very special guest for you I'm going to bring in in just a second. But before I do, i got to talk about Jerry. They say lightning never strikes twice in the same place. Well, uh, i got to call BS on that. Uh, Jerry's internet provider, two Thursdays in a row. We've done two Thursday bonus shows where we record Thursday evening for a Friday morning Release, and both Fridays they've had some kind of internet outage, with Jerry's internet. So unfortunately, he's not going to be able to make it. But I, uh, I am not alone. I will get to that in just a second. Uh, don't know how long these shows are going to last. The one on Wednesday lasted about an hour and fifteen minutes, but we, uh, we're just trying to bring you a lot of good content, and. Thank you for the the five-star reviews. We are well over 100 now, but we're looking for more wherever you're listening. Uh, We love iTunes reviews, but we'll take a review on whatever you listen on. Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review the show as it is an independent podcast now, uh, owned by Jerry and myself. Uh, Real quick, we'll call out the social media. You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter. I promise before the weekend's over, I will put up another Instagram post. But enough of all that. So tonight's guest is the co-host of one of my absolute favorite podcasts. I still listen. We were joking before I hit the record button about the fact that they dropped two shows this week because I was excited. I can can still be a fan. And I, I reference their product all the time. It's the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I find it a fascinating tool. Uh, It's not the end-all be-all. We'll talk about that in just a second, but enough filibustering. Welcome back to the program, J.P. Hurley. You can find J.P. on Twitter at FFHercules, and that's Hercules spelled with a U-H-U-R-C-U-L-E-S.
1: J.P., welcome back, friend. Hey, I'm back. You just said lightning doesn't strike twice, but I think it did again because I'm back from my second attempt here, right?
0: Uh, Absolutely. So you've been kind enough to come back on right, I won't say after free agency, because there's still a few guys out there that we're looking for homes for. Guys like Devonta Freeman, guys like Melvin Gordon, Robbie Anderson, to make a few. As you know, I'm a big fan of the product that you and Izzy, Izzy Alkafash, your co-host, uh, have to offer. And don't won't forget uh, Mr. Mosier, your producer, sometimes on-air personality, <laughs> that, that you guys offer. I, I find it to be very useful. I've jokingly given you guys a slogan of don't be a tool, use one. And and I still use it. I've been playing, I've been playing Dynasty for a long time, but I like to just to get the framework of, of a trade. So what's going on with the DTC and uh, the podcast and it's growing and what's going on?
1: By the way, I, I like your slogan. And I think that should should apply to every tool like we ours shouldn't be the be all end all just like ADP rankings, everything just use it all. Like if, if you're negotiating a, a trade with somebody, exhaust all your resources. That's our recommendation. Sometimes things cost money. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes when they cost money, people are putting hard work in the back end and giving you like as much possible value as they can. And one of the things that we're doing, just uh, to answer your question, what we're doing uh, different with ours is we just this is this is a brand new announcement, by the way, that I reserved just for your show. We haven't even announced it on Twitter yet. Breaking news this just in the dynasty trade calculator now offers a a startup mode so like if you're doing a startup draft i'm not sure if you saw some of the polls i did today but i'm asking the community how many startup drafts they plan on doing this year but there's now a mode button at the bottom where you can click startup and you go through just like a, a really quick one question asking if your league plans to do a rookie draft or not so that way we know if we can dump rookies into the into the calculator database or not and you can actually offer trades in the calculator with uh, startup picks. So it's kind of a nice little thing. It's uh, startup picks, rookie picks, and players all mixed together um, to help you kind of analyze your your dynasty trades while you're in a startup. So that's uh, hot news just for the podcast.
0: Dude, that is awesome. Do you know how many times that I get asked, hey, I'm in a startup and I'm looking to move back and what should I... And I'm like it's really an art form. And if you don't have a lot of experience doing it, I'll tell you who's really good at it is Mike Sipes from the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Mike is a masterful trader. Ironic, he runs a trades podcast. But if, if you've not done it a bunch, what a fantastic offering. And, and how much is the calculator? I, mean, I know people you know do talk about the price, but it's, it's insanely cheap for what you get out of it.
1: Yeah. For the price of a cup of coffee a week, you can have the most powerful tool in Dynasty Trades history in the history of mankind. Three bucks for a month, seven fifty for three months or $15 for a year. And it's not just the calculator. We offer us a, a tool called dynamic rankings. Um, just click on the rankings uh, link on the, on our menu and you can customize our rankings to your league's benefits. So like if you're a 12 team PPR tight end premium running back point per carry, Ah, uh, Devi League. You can c- completely customize our rankings, and it'll spit off over 200 different combinations of league settings, uh, completely catered to your league. So, a couple different options that we have with our, with our subscription. And
0: without making this a full-blown commercial, but
1: I love it. Um, <laughs> you, you,
0: you can import your league. That
1: is correct, right? Oh my gosh, there's so much going on. You can import your league to kind of give you some ideas on trades. And I, I, I like to geek out about these things that we develop. And that was one of the things that I geeked out about the most. Like I imported all my leagues. And like I'm, I'm matching my team side by side with other teams in my league. You can toggle between different leagues that you're in. And it gives you so many ideas for trades. Like I see them matched up side by side and it just like the trades start coming to me. And I'm hoping that this helps like initiate some trade activity because leagues are, are most fun when they're very active and trading a lot. So I think that was the kind of like the goal behind this tool, so.
0: Uh, and one last thing that's probably 25% useful, 75% fun are the new badges. <laughs> I absolutely yes. I, I actually have used the badges against you because I know who your mans is <laughs> and I've sent you some offers on your mans in some leagues that we're in together
1: and my the only two mans that I've got my badge on are like t- took some uh pretty big uh value bumps this offseason so far Kyler Murray getting DeAndre Hopkins and uh Miles Sanders losing Jordan Howard so like my my mans might have to change now
0: you uh you are a hell of a segue, man. So, so let's segue into DeAndre Hopkins. Did his value change in the calculator? We don't have to tell him exactly because I really want you to, to go check out the calculator. I've, I've got it. I use it. Like I said, I've been playing Dynasty for many years. I've been playing Redraft for almost two decades, so I've got a lot of experience. I feel comfortable using my noodle, but I like to back it up because of everything that it does. But how much did he move? Did he move 10%? Did he move 5%? Did he hold...
1: So DeAndre Hopkins, this was an interesting one because there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, Kyler Murray hopefuls out there. Um, So a lot of people think that this could be a better situation, but it's really a a small downgrade because Deshaun Watson. uh, I just think that currently that passing offense is a little bit higher volume uh, and DeAndre Hopkins was force fed the ball. It's going to be tough to believe that he can get that many targets in a new offense, learning it for the first year. Um, I am one of the Kyler Murray hopefuls, and I think that uh, they're, they're going to pepper him with targets also. And I, I really like his chances, but he's gone down uh, two points from 49.1 to 47.1. And I think that uh, equates into about 4%. So he's gone down slightly.
0: Yeah, not too bad on the the value, but I agree. We we covered this on one of the two shows we did earlier in the week about the initial free agent land, landing spots and that the last six years, so I'm excluding his rookie year, DeAndre Hopkins has averaged 160 targets per season. That's 10 a game. And even though the passing offense is a little higher volume in Arizona, you still have got Larry Fitzgerald there. You've still got Christian Kirk there. You, I mean, maybe they'll use their second-round pick from last year, Andy Isabella, at some point. Mm -hmm. And, And then, you know, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. I just feel like there's so many mouths to feed that I think that just taking away 20% would put him in that one twenty-five targets, which is still going to be really good, but I agree. I think this is more of a dip and, and, and a win for Kyler.
1: By the way, uh, like fantasy football aside, how excited are you if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan right now? Just like what, like just such a big piece of the offense. You got to be super excited going into this season.
0: hundred percent. Think about just two years ago, this time, it was Josh Rosen. Oh. It was Larry Fitzgerald. I, I mean, there was just not a whole lot to be excited about. They were talking about, was it is it Steve Keim, Jeff Keim, the the general manager? They were talking about him losing his job. And, oh, yeah. And then in less than 24 months, you've got a dynamic rookie, uh, offensive rookie of the year winner. You brought in arguably one of the top three wide receivers in all the NFL. And, you know, you, you didn't have to give up a ton to get him. I haven't heard one person who said that Houston did well in that trade. But no. I, I want to stay there in the desert. A guy that I was high on when he got traded to the Cardinals was Kenyon Drake. Now, Kenyon Drake is, uh, I think he's going into year five. Uh, didn't do much in Miami, was kind of under the thumb of uh, Adam Gase. What well, what do you make of Drake in Arizona now that DJ's gone? And then if you have time, you can roll right into some DJ.
1: Has he, he officially got the transition tag, didn't he? I think Kenyon Drake got the transition tag.
0: Basically, yes, he got the transition tag, which gives the Cardinals the right of first refusal on any offer that he's made. And it pays him, I believe it's $8.5 million for the season. And my rationale last year when they traded for him was why would a losing team give up draft capital to draft a running back, or excuse me, to trade for a running back if they didn't think that running back fits their offense perfectly? to then have that work out the way they thought it would, to then just let him walk. They obviously have grand schemes for him. It's going to be a big part of the offense, and I don't know that I'm ready to sell yet, but I'm definitely moving him up my my redraft and best ball draft boards.
1: Yeah, that was one of the most interesting dynasty situations on any team I could imagine as far as 2019 was concerned, because we had David Johnson that had very high expectations going into the season. And obviously we saw what he did. He completely flattened out. Like they're talking about flattening the curve of coronavirus. That's kind of what David Johnson did with his career. He flattened his curve pretty big time. And he started going downhill quite a bit. And then there was a lot of buzz, like Twitter hype and buzz around uh, Chase Edmonds. Like he was selling for first round draft picks. I was looking at old draft picks with, uh, or old trades with Chase Edmonds. And he was fetching just premium dollar. I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, Kenyon Drake was traded. And I think he had less than uh, two days to learn the offense. And I, I I put out a tweet that was kind of joking. the, the Basically, the one play that Kenyon Drake knew was like the Tecmo Super Bowl, like the B play, the B and B and right, where you could just run straight up the middle. Because for that first game that he played, I think it was against the the Niners, he just tore it up. And from there, it was nothing but Kenyon Drake. And now with, uh, with a transition tag, I understand that's not the most ideal scenario for somebody who owns them and wants to see like a long-term contract. But you really gotta love what you see out of him. And like this again, this offense is super exciting. So he's not gonna have a hard time finding holes. Uh I really like Kenyon Drake, but I'm 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 more uh cautious with him. Um I just wanna be able to be a little bit more confident in the 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 commitment that the Cardinals are giving to him before I'm I'm ready to jump full on board. But I do realize that uh this is the time you gotta get in if you wanna try to capitalize on any any gain that that comes with him.
0: Yeah, but I mean and DJ did struggle, but if you go back to last year in full point PPR in weeks 1 through 6, David Johnson was the RB5 overall. He yep. scored he scored 120 points in those first 5 games. He was averaging 20 points a game in this offense. He got a high ankle sprain, was never the same. And then the last 4 games of the year, Kenyon Drake averaged 25 points a game in this offense. Whoever is the lead RB in this backfield is going to have tremendous value. And I'm more, I'm, I actually feel the same way about DJ. He's posted a lot of stuff on Instagram and Twitter of him working out. And he, he appears to be in great shape. He's sprinting. He's running fast. Both of these guys for me are sales mid-season. I think they'll both come out hot. I think they'll both come out. And you mentioned people do crazy stuff in, in short-term samples. And after five or six games, they're going to see Kenyon Drake killing it. They're going to see David Johnson. Oh, David Johnson's back. There he is. He just needed Deshaun Watson. Look at him, you know, run roughshod. And 2021's got some good running backs in that class from a rookie standpoint, whether it's Chuba Hubbard or Travis Etienne. Man, two quarterbacks that I really like in Fields and Lawrence. Man, I'll just be looking to try to get a 2021 first, another lottery ticket, if you will for one of those two guys but for right now now is not the time to move them they probably got a little bump in the calculator but
1: the real bump's going to come in season when people see him playing i agree man and i'm glad you mentioned david johnson if you were one of the guys that invested in david johnson after he started to slope downward last year you made out big time because I, I got a feeling that at some point this season he will spike back up and give you like a, a primo sell opportunity if you if you don't trust him uh but he's basically like the equivalent of the uh um like the cruise cruise ship. What am I thinking of here? Like the, uh, like when you go on a cruise, just like it's, it's the same exact, like as the cruise ship business right now, it's, it's completely plummeted. It will come back up again someday. Probably. It, uh, it, so it, david johnson's a cruise ship to me <laughs> it,
0: it, it's, it's what i refer to as a ice cream stand real estate in indiana or minnesota where we both are <laughs> it always dips down in the winter time but it always goes right back up in the summer david johnson's stock is going to go right back up in the summer uh when the football season goes because people are going to see him and let's be honest 160 targets just got vacated in houston and they got to go somewhere uh, although they did sign randall cobb I, eh there's nothing there. I had that under my, yeah. uh, my, 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 trash time signings. It's, it's really that's just, a good spot. Yeah. That, that's really just a, a thing for Watson. Now you mentioned your love for your man's Kyler. What did this <laughs> do in your, in your opinion to Watson's value?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I was, uh, I'm more pessimistic about this than most. Um, I really think that Watson needs to have that big guy, especially cause like all of his wide receivers that he has currently uh, are injury prone right wouldn't you would you consider will fuller injury prone i know that's a taboo topic but i, I think they're injury prone now
0: i mean at this point in his career it would be unfair to not call him injury pump yeah. prone he's he's made out of bubblegum and old
1: chandelier parts he can't stay together and as much as i like bubblegum like will Fuller's just got to stay on the field and it's not going to help uh, Deshaun watson's value any like he's going to have second third fourth string wide receivers like unless houston can find some sort of diamond in the rough either in the draft or the rest of the free agent offseason here. But I just don't know if they're, they're uh, invested in doing that right now. They, they really sold low on DeAndre Hopkins. Like we always made the joke that Bill O'Brien needed to subscribe to the calculator because he took a second for DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs fetched more than that. And he took on a $10 million contract for a running
0: back. Now, David Johnson's contract does get a lot more cuttable after this year. Yep. And they're going to have to pay Deshaun Watson. They're going to have to pay Laramie Tunsell to justify the trading of all those picks to pick him up last year. And this team still fancies themselves a contender. I don't personally see it. I think some other teams in the AFC that were already better than the Texans got better. I think two teams in their divisions got better. The, the Colts got better. The Titans got better. Uh, Baltimore got better. Kansas City's still awesome. Their odds of winning the Super Bowl are the same with or without DeAndre Hopkins. So from that standpoint, I don't mind the trading of DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't like what you got for him. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you on and that be,
1: one. And to be real specific to answer your question, too, Deshaun Watson, value down for me. Um, I saw a very compelling tweet on Twitter. It was, uh, I can't remember who, who said it, but would you consider flip-flopping Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson's ranking after this happened, after this this, uh, this trade occurred?
0: I had them two and four respectively before the trade. So they were already in my top, top tier. If oh you wow, would. you
1: had Deshaun ahead of Lamar then.
0: I did. I, I, going So I had it as Mahomes, Watson, Lamar, Kyler. And the reason wow. why I had Lamar and uh, Kyler three and four respectively is I want to see year two. I love okay. the, I love the opening act. I don't want to be pessimistic, but defensive coordinators in this league are very smart. And we're giving them an entire off season, and in this case, then some, because they're quarantined just like we are, so they're just watching film. And I, I want to see it year two before I can invest that highly. And I've seen it for several years with Deshaun Watson. And the offseason is not done. I mean, what if they bring in a Robbie Anderson down there to Houston? That, that pick they got from the Cardinals, I think it was like 40 or 41 or something like that. What if they draft a Justin Jefferson or a Jalen Rager there? And, and, and replace DeAndre Hopkins with some additional talent, whether it be a Robbie Anderson, whether it be somebody, it's not going to lower Watson's stock that much. Uh, there might be, an, a, believe it or not, a reoccurrence of Kiki QT if he can get his ass out of the doghouse of the head coach. So that, uh, a tight end that I like to buy cheap right now, Cahal Waring, even though they re-signed Fells, the 36-year-old tight end, I think there's enough there to buoy them. So they're still in my top four. It's really a tier for me. Uh, but but there is a clear line right there at one two three and 4. What about you? I mean, obviously, you're super high on Kyler. Where do you have Watson now, like, in your rankings?
1: Rankings, and while I acknowledge that um, Deshaun Watson's probably worth more as, as far as pure value is concerned than Kyler, I, I do flip-flop them. I have Kyler moved ahead now. So um, I got the Mahomes, Lamar, and then, like, it's it's kind of a big blend after those two, like, between Kyler um Watson like it kind of it's it's a big it's a nice tier right there so
0: yeah so I think we're we're along the the same lines but while we're talking quarterback let's talk some uh, some interesting ones two old guys got new jobs at least Tom Brady's gonna get a new job at some point if he can sign the contract one guy's now I, I he's mine I'm, I'm a Colts fan he's near and dear to my heart one is Philip Rivers, and the other is Tom Brady. I think we can talk a little bit more definitive on Phil since he's here. Anything? I mean, to me, this is my last chance. If I have Phil on a non-contender or a team that I think's borderline in a super flex, I'm looking to punt. I'm looking for end season someone has a quarterback injury, hey man, you're a contender. Give me any 2021 first for Phil. Take him off my hands. Good luck to you. Hope he helps you win a ship. Uh, but what do you see Phil doing for the assets in Indy?
1: I think it's a big bump for everybody because with Phillip River comes a ton of volume. And I, I know that people will argue that it's the system that he was in that w- that equated that volume. But I think Phillip Rivers is checkdown down city. So I think you really got to respect like the Naheem Hines and like the the receiving backs, even like Marlon Mack could benefit from it, depending on how they, they choose to use him. But uh, bump up for T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's going to be 30 in April, I think. So he's going to be at that that cliff, that age cliff, where you start getting concerned for wide receivers. But he definitely gets a bump up. And like when the season begins, age tends to not matter as much. Uh, so he'll, his value will spike back up and you can find a way to get out from underneath him if you want to um, buy him in this offseason. And then like it becomes really interesting because uh, Paris Campbell just kind of had like an in and out type of season. Uh, so I got my eyes on him, but I think he could be a really compelling buy. So I got I got him on my radar for, for a buy. Uh, and Phillip Rivers, I think you can probably expect a lot more of the same. Like the the situation for him as far as the talent that surrounds him isn't much different. Um, so whatever you valued him as a, a charger last year, you could probably value him pretty similar as a Colt this year.
0: I, I think we're on the same page. And a lot of people want to put Naheem Hines in that Austin Eckler role from last year. Yeah. Be, be very careful with that because, I, like I said, I live in Indy. I have, I guess I would say I'm much more in tune than the average Dynasty player to the Indy market. And everybody's told me for the last two and a half years that Indy's going to take a running back high in the draft and that Indy is going to sign a running back in free agency. Yet here we are, Marlon Mack's still the guy, and he's a much better pass catcher than people think. I do like Naheem Hines, and I do think Phil Rivers will check down, but... If I had to buy anybody at their cost, I think I'd rather buy Marlon Mack. The, the dynasty world just hates him. And this was a guy who had over 1,000 yards rushing last year, missed a few games to a broken hand. So this offensive line is still one of, if not the best in football, which is good for Phil. Uh, and I'm with you. I, th- I think you and I are along the same mindset that some of these guys that just got good situation enhancements, like David Johnson, like T.Y. Hilton, you got to let them get two, three, four, five, six games under their belt. You know, people are, you know, looking at their win-loss record in head-to-head leagues and that's your chance to move off of them for those future assets. So, okay, good. And then what about Tom Brady to uh, to Tampa Bay? Does that make you feel good for Godwin or Evans?
1: Nah, uh, probably not. So, so before I get into the, like the player surrounding him, I call them like the, the ripple effects. When a, a new player comes to a team, how it impacts everybody else. It's like it sends ripples through the entire team and there's huge implications on how that can benefit them positively or negative, negatively. But the the Tom Brady thing is so compelling to me because now you get to see how the Patriots offense functions without their guy, you know, and I want to see if Bill Belichick uh, pulls some sort of clever move that every, everybody expects out of him, whether it's the draft or some sort of trade. I can't imagine they've got their guy on the roster, but, you know, some people believe in it. Um, but as far as Tom Brady's concerned, I do expect the uh, like him to kind of get a little bit more. They've got to protect him. You know, that's kind of like the the forte that the Patriots had. If Brady can t- uh, ends up taking some shots, it's going to be a really ugly season. I don't know that um, he's going to have the same type of protection as he did, like the schemes that he had in New England. Um, so as soon as he gets hit in the mouth, it's going to be really concerning. Uh, there's a lot of concern with his down-the-field ball, although I'm less concerned about that. I saw some statistics around him uh, where it, they measured his velocity last year, and he actually s- still has the same velocity they had from years ago. Um, so I'm less concerned with that, and he just wasn't used – the same way in new England, like throwing the ball down the field. Uh, and he just probably didn't have, so guys like Edelman uh, on the team and like a, a banged up Nikhil Harry that he had for like a quarter of the season. He didn't have a lot of down the field targets. Uh, it, it, you could almost go back until like Brandon cooks was the last time. He had that, And his deep ball wasn't horrible. So like judging by that, I think that he could have some success in this offense. Um, however, until I get, I see that on the field um, from was what, what is he? 43 now. Until I see that on the field from a 43-year-old Tom Brady, I am going to have to peg uh, both Godwin and Evans' values down a bit. And uh, maybe like there's a, a little bit of uh, hype around O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, um, just from the way that Tom Brady has fallen in love with uh, talented tight ends over his career. Um, so I'd be watching those ones, but more concerned with the Evans, than, uh, Evans and Godwin.
0: Uh, I think it was Addison Hayes who tweeted this out, but Chris Godwin took 64% of his sla- snaps last year from the slot. And if he's in that big slot role, like a big version of Julian Edelman or Wes Welker, I think Godwin will be fine. And here's the thing, even if Evans gets a little bit less volume, I think Tom Brady can make it up with making the the volume he does get more catchable and putting it in a more uh, accurate window. And I was listening to Lance Zerline on a podcast earlier. He said that Tom Brady, you know, you're talking about his ball velocity, that his ball velocity is still as good, if not a little bit better than Joe Burrow. So even at 43, he can still zip the ball out there. And Tom Brady hasn't had a real deep threat, to your point, in in many years. They tried it a little bit with Josh Gordon to not much success. They had Cooks for a year. It's really been since Randy Moss. And Mike, uh, Mike Evans is no Randy Moss. He's really good. But I don't really hate it for either. You, you just kind of got a hold. I know you're not the biggest Mike Evans guy in the world from our, from our uh, conversations on Twitter. But I really see this offense as being Tom Brady's offense, because the current offensive coordinator is Byron Lefwich. and I think Tom wouldn't be coming in if he wasn't going to get some input, like when Peyton Manning went to Denver. So mm-hmm. I think I think you're going to see some of, to your point, that old school, Aaron Hernandez, Gronk, uh, two tight end, that 12 personnel, two wide receivers, two tight ends, and Tom had some great years there and he still threw like 24, 25 touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Tom's a fine QB three in a super flex. If you can get him dirt cheap and he, he's going to sign a two year deal. I think he has every intention of playing both years out. So I, I'm, yeah, all, I think I'm the, all about like, that.
1: One of his biggest strengths too, is that he gets that ball out so quickly. Um, and like, I think that's going to benefit that offense significantly. Like he's going to be able to keep drives. alive. obviously he's not going to have 32 interceptions. That's kind of going to be the biggest thing. So where he might not be airing the ball out the same way that Jameis Winston did. I do see that he could keep drives alive a lot longer and string them together longer. So you might see uh, a little bit, it's hard to say more volume because both Godwin and Evans had a ton of volume, but you might see more volume, but they're more dink and dunks and less uh, down the field uh, air yards kind of thing, you know?
0: Oh, 100%. And I was I was retweeting this, and then I heard it again on a podcast that last year the Bucks finished 7-9, and nine. And they were, they had 20, I think Jameis had 23 interceptions in games that ended by one score or less. So so, so you can easily see where just Tom Brady being there could really have a huge impact on this team. Uh, Florida's got good weather most of the time. Uh, He's going to get a game in two domes with Atlanta and New Orleans. So all in all, the weather situation Uh, The weapons, I I don't mind it. I think the most valuable piece that's not on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yet is that James White pass catching back. And whether they sign a Melvin Gordon in free agency or they draft one of these rookies, that's the person, speaking of the trade calculator, that's whose value is just going to go bananas because everybody's going to think they're getting 2016 David Johnson. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, my God. Like,
1: uh, are you talking specifically around Melvin Gordon?
0: uh Melvin Gordon's been linked there. Melvin's actually also been linked to the Bills. Uh it could be Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's now tweeting at the at the Buccaneers and I heard it called the LeBron James effect that when you mm-hmm. get one of these classic old school superstars that has championships under their belt, people want to play with greatness. I mean it, it's no mystery and now that Todd Gurley, we'll get to him in a minute. Now that he's a free agent, Melvin Gordon Um, but Tampa Bay's got the cap room to make either one of those happen, but maybe they want to put a rookie in there. Maybe they want to do a a Sony Michelle type and Ronald Jones and bring in a, a rookie. And I think that person shoots up draft boards, but I want to hit you up with one more quarterback before we transition to some, to some other players. And that's Cam Newton. What's going to happen to Cam Newton and how has his value fallen over the last, say four or five days?
1: So, um, I just turned 42 this week. Um, I'm happy belated I'm little, birthday. I'm I'm kind of like the Tom Brady, you know. And and uh, the the older that you get, the more you value like your health and be able to move around. And like uh, I got a seven year old son who's very active and being able to like enjoy like my time with him and stuff like that. So uh, what I'm getting at the connection here is that Cam, Cam Newton is probably at a stage in his career where he should really seriously consider hanging him up. I know that's a super pessimistic point of view, but I think Andrew Luck kind of paved the way for a lot of these quarterbacks and other performance positions um, to, to really consider that option because at some point it's not worth the amount of money that you could get. And it's more worth like your physical health and and being able to have that, uh, option to move around that way. So my my pessimistic point of view is I think Cam should seriously consider that route. My optimistic point of view is like, he could probably make a positive impact on almost any team. Uh, I had the bears in mind, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be an option anymore because they're, they're happy with, uh, uh, Nick Foles apparently. Um, I think he was probably one that you've already mentioned on your, your shows previously, but, um, so, so the problem is the doors are beginning to slowly close at these quarterback, uh, opportunities for teams. Like what, what's left even for us, you know, LA and, and new
0: England, and maybe with Anthony Lynn out there in, and, and Colin Cowherd has said this a bunch that he thinks cam fits perfectly in LA. Because L.A. needs stars. And Cam, whether you like him or not, he's still a star. You know, his point is, is that you're contending for sports dollars and eyeballs with the Rams, with USC football, with the Lakers, with the Clippers. You know, there's a lot to do in California when you're not quarantined. And they need <laughs> someone to be the face of that franchise. I, I and, and L.A., man, I was listening today that they have three... Of the top 10 corners rated by PFF in the league on their team. Casey Hayward, they just signed Chris Harris. They've got another one. They've got Derwin James. They've got two good edge rushers. They just traded for uh, Trey Turner, the guard. They just re-upped Eckler. I mean, the defense is ready. The offense is ready. You just need a catalyst at the quarterback position to make things happen. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Cam fan in the world, but if and LA LA's a big city. It fits his personality. He's big into fashion. It, it all makes sense. But LA has already come out and said we have no interest. So, I'm with you. I would I would hate to see him have to hang it up at 30. But I just looked. His net worth is over 200 million dollars. Oh for, my God. From from his career in the NFL, he's got his money. He's somewhat got his health. He's got a you know a foot ankle issue, a couple of shoulder surgeries. Dude, you got 200 million dollars. You know, go, yeah. go, go, go pursue fashion, go do other things. Cause the last thing I wanted to see is a former number one overall pick, you know, holding a, holding a clipboard for a guy like Mitch Trubisky, not that he'll go to Chicago, but that's not my point, but holding a clipboard for a guy like Mitch Trubisky with his famous towel over his head. Hmm. That's not how I want to see Cam Newton go out. So I agree. And you're just going to have to grin and bear it. If, if you're sitting on a cam share, kind of like Jameis Winston. Because neither one of those guys fit. I couldn't see Bill Belichick working with either one of those guys with their propensity to turn the ball over.
1: Yeah, that's true. Although I would like to see the full Yankee swap happen where Tom Brady Brady goes to Tampa Bay and then Jameis Winston goes to New England. That'd be hilarious.
0: I don't think Bill Belichick has quite used his uh, Jedi mind tricks on uh, the front office of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. At some point he's gonna do the you will trade us Andy Dalton for a third round pick and they're gonna go, you know what, Bill, we're gonna give you Andy Dalton for a third round for, sure. ra- for, for, <laughs> for a third round pick. Why didn't we think of this sooner? And they're gonna come in and two years from now, we're gonna to have to sit back and talk to one another and be like Andy Dalton, Super Bowl champion.
1: They probably will. I mean, they sold didn't they give like give up Demarius Thomas for like a a draft pick to the Jets? Like they're capable of anything.
0: A hundred, there seems like certain franchises in sports, like the Lakers have always done this, like they have always get someone to trade them. Like we'll trade you Paul Gasol for nothing, for for pocket (laughs) lint, sold American. Why wouldn't we do it? Yeah. It's, it's some teams just have it like that. And that's, what's going to happen. They're going to get Andy Dalton cheap. They'll have a, a good draft. They'll sign some of those less sexy names, but real impact free agents. Bada-bing, bada-boom. They just let like three guys walk in free agency. So they'll probably get like 15 compensatory picks next year. Yep. They'll, they'll re-sign Andy Dalton and bada-bing, bada-boom. They still have Josh McDaniel. The offense yep. is still there. It's, it's just amazing what they, they've been able to pull off. But I, I want to hit you with another guy. So I have him on my bigger names guy. I was a huge fan of him last year. I recently traded him to you uh, for, uh, George Kittle. I, I sent Hooper and I think it was Melvin Gordon and a pick to you for Kittle. How are you feeling about Mr. Hooper's new home as a Hooper owner? And I'm still a-
1: I don't like it. That's a, that's a, that's a big degrade for Hooper for me. Like he's got to be in that Atlanta offense and almost nowhere else. I mean, there's a couple of options where there's already tight ends that are living that would be good for him, but, um, that's, that's a big degrade for me. And he's, uh, he's just crowded with talent. So I honestly, if you would offer that same trade to me today, I wouldn't take it just because of that reason alone. Just, uh, this is a tight end premium league, I believe too, right? That is correct. So I, I wouldn't do that deal. I don't like Hooper's new landing spot. I'm kind of, uh, I bummed about it. I'm, I'm optimistic about Melvin Gordon. Um, and I can't remember which pick that I got, but uh, the,
0: the, the team you inherited had none. So whatever pick you got, it was a good one. I think it was like a second, like, a, like, like a high second, <laughs> but I know it's not good manners to disagree with the guest, but I'm going to disagree. I actually, I actually like this move for Hooper. Now, now, Baker has had a track record previously of using the tight end. The guy that he will be competing for targets with out of the backfield, what would be, uh, not out of the backfield, excuse me, out of the, like, the middle of the field, would <laughs> be Jarvis Landry, who had hip surgery, who will be slow to come back because he may not. he may be a pup candidate for all that we know. Yeah, I, I think that Kevin Stefanski was there in Minnesota when Kyle Rudolph broke out. Now, part of that was Pat Shermer, the previous offensive coordinator. They brought in Jack Conklin uh, via uh, free agency from Tennessee. They've got the ninth or tenth overall pick and a and t- a tackle rich class, so they're going to bring. He won't have to stay in and block as much, although he is a decent blocker. And we saw Ricky, we saw the corpse of Ricky Seals Jones, former official tied into the dynasty Warzone, on Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, he, he, uh, so I, I see some upside here. I, I really do. I know it doesn't look like it on paper, but I, I do like it for Hooper. I, I, uh, I don't know what was his, uh, his adjustment in the calculator over the move.
1: He went down. That was similar to like the DeAndre Hopkins situation where he went down probably like 5% ish. So it wasn't a big hit. The, here's the thing. This is kind of like a, a fun thing that uh, both Izzy and I have talked a lot about lately is even though a player's gone down slightly, um, it means a, a tremendous amount for his trade value as far as being able to acquire them because um, DeAndre Hopkins, I'll use as a, as a prime example, he's only gone down like two to four points of value, but he's much, much more attainable now because he's kind of starting to trend down. So like you don't need to do that big overpay on a guy that's hot or hyped. Or like trending upwards, uh like a Miles Sanders or Kyler Murray. Now that they're kind of starting to hit that that plateau or they're starting to go down a little bit, they're they're so much easier to acquire. Um and that's kind of like the same thing with uh with Hooper. So even though his value hasn't changed much, he is much, much, much more attainable now.
0: I would agree with that. So I want to hit you with uh three guys that I, I have a lot of upside on, and I got just a few other names to cover. One, I think you're starting to hear this a lot everywhere. Uh, I've actually been a fan for a while. I own him in like six of nine dynasty leagues or something like that. That's Blake Jarwin. You know, our love for Blake Jarwin was recently confirmed by the Cowboys, giving him a three-year deal for pretty significant money. And I think he could be one of these guys that's worth a lot more this time next year in the calculator and in dynasty overall than he is today. The other ones that I want to talk about were uh, Hayden Hurst and Teddy Bridgewater. So, you can take any one of those three and start there, and we'll just uh, we'll chat them up.
1: Jarwin, I, I like. I'm I'm with you on that, and I think that the trade window to acquire him is beginning to close pretty quickly with the Jason Witten news. Um, I think that was inevitable because I believe Jason Witten only signed a year contract anyway, so he was a, a, a unrestricted free agent. But Blake Jarwin bumps spikes way up as long as he tries to find a way to fend off any company during the off season, free agent wise, in the rookie draft. He could be the guy, and that that offense gives pretty good volume to tight ends. Now that we know Dak is back, Amari's back, big contract Amari. Um, so there's a lot of good things that are happening for the that, that tight end position in that offense. So I'll let you talk about uh, – you've already talked about um, Jarwin yourself, right?
0: I, I have a little bit. Now Dallas does still have seven overall picks, but this is a team whose defense was pretty well rated in the free agency. They lost a, a defensive end to the Bears – they lost their number one corner to the Dolphins, I believe, Byron Jones. They lost to safety. This this team has got enough capital and dollars already wrapped up on the offensive side of the ball, including that offensive line, which I think we're all pretty high on there in Dallas, that they're going to have to devote some of this draft capital, probably a lot of their draft capital, to the defensive side of the ball, if they're going to really have any real hopes of contending. Not only do they have to hit on those picks defensively, but those picks have got to produce. Now back to Jarwin, even if they were to take a tight end, say somewhere in the third or fourth round, I'm not overly concerned. It's not a great tight end rookie class, as we've already covered a lot here on the Dynasty Warzone. And rookie tight ends, unless your name's Jeremy Shockey or Evan Ingram, don't tend to come in and blossom. And And my last piece on Blake Jarwin is you don't give a guy... Three years and 27 or $21 million, whatever it was, unless you have a plan for him in that offense. He was there last year with Kellen Moore. And and I just thought of this. This is something that that popped in my head earlier. You know, with this coronavirus, these teams are not going to get OTAs. They're not going to be able to do that bonding that they've done in the past. So when when that comes in on the franchise tag, who, who's he going to lean on? He's going to lean on Amari. He's going to lean on Gallup and he's going to lean on jarwin those are the guys that he's worked with last year that's who offensive coordinator kellen moore knows so he's going to start game planning around those guys i think dallas may add a slot type receiver but for now that's blake jarwin he's going to play that quote unquote big slot role so i'm with you you're only going to see this guy's value go up what about hurst they gave up a pretty significant pick to get hayden hurst from the Baltimore Ravens, who themselves spent a first on him. Now, he's an older prospect. I mean, he may even be 28 years old. Did he take any kind of a uh, a bump in the calculator going from Baltimore and 97 tight ends to potentially
1: re- replacing Hooper in Atlanta? It was pretty close to to even for him for some reason. I know that he his roles will significantly change. He was kind of buried uh, behind some other tight ends in the Baltimore offense. Naturally, we know Mark Andrews, what he's capable of. Um, And he gets a chance to step into an offense that heavily uses the tight end position uh, to, you know, be a lead role in that. So I, I like it, like it for him. Um, but like, he hasn't really changed too much. I think we're kind of waiting to see exactly what type of role he's going to assume. Um, and this is one that Izzy and I disagreed on. He doesn't feel like he's going to step right in and be that Austin Hooper type, but I, I disagree. I liked Hayden Hurst coming out of school. And I was super torn between uh, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, which one was, was going to step forward, even though, Hayden Hurst is kind of more of a blocking tight end, which is probably the main reason why his value didn't come up a little bit. I think uh, Atlanta is looking for bigger guys to throw down the field and push some people down, flatten them out, uh, to make some space for these wide receivers. And It's probably a, a good bump for Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, but I do like the uh, the prospect of Hayden Hurst developing his, uh, his game in the passing offense and stepping into maybe not, not quite what Austin Hooper was doing, but somewhere uh, maybe like an image of that.
0: I know I, I don't remember the exact stats. We had Kyle from the fantasy football fellows on the other day, and it's like a four point per game difference for Calvin Ridley in games with and without Austin Hooper as a feature part of it. So it's it's a it's a big boon for him. I don't remember the exact stat. He was writing an article on that over at RedShirts.com. I am currently using the calculator, and depends he's he's uh he's worth somewhere, and by he I mean Hayden Hurst. He's worth around the two eleven, two twelve in a tight end premium league. I mean, if tight end's a position of need, and you're there, and you don't love the board in your rookie drafts, I think you can even probably get him cheaper than that on the clock. Like yeah. if 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 when rookie fever is at a peak and a uh, a fever pitch, it's probably the wrong word, fever, but at a <laughs> fever, but at a fever pitch, and you got like the three o three, and you go look at the the Haydenhurst owners roster and a tight end premium, like, hey, man, I'll give you this 303 for Hayden Hurst. You're probably going to get your man. You're probably going to get him. And that's the kind of pick I don't – and I've often used this analogy before that I know that when I send that offer, if it gets accepted, I could be setting that pick on fire. I could just be wadding it up in a little ball, taking the, the, the fire starter to it, and it's gone. But I also know that if I hit this time next year, I can cash out for significantly more. And the last one, Teddy Bridgewater, man. Uh, starter three-year deal in an offense that he's going to pick up very quickly why is he going to pick it up very quickly because the offensive coordinator you might know him as the guy who turned Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers into a all-time record-setting offense this past year Uh, but he and Teddy B worked together down in New Orleans in 2018 uh, on top of the head coach being an offensive guy in his own right. What do you make this out to be for Teddy B? Did Teddy B owners
1: hit the jackpot in a Superflex? Oh, absolutely. My boy, Teddy Bridgewater. Being a Minnesota Vikings fan, I wanted nothing more than to see this guy completely escalate, elevate the year that he was coming in and just like completely demolish his knee that we all know about. I'm so happy there's no video footage of that because I would probably have uh, become a little bit sick watching that one. But uh, this, is, this is the ascension that I wanted wanted for Teddy in, in purple. And I think he's going to be able to get it here. He's got super talent around him. Um, I actually had a trade. I want to see what you think about this one. I had a guy reach out to me that was interested in Teddy. It's a league that's converting into Superflex, one of my original home leagues. And there's a team that doesn't have uh, – he's got one quarterback. Um, I've got 4 hoarding them right when we found out we were in the Superflex. Teddy's one of them that I grabbed as a free agent last year during the rookie draft. Like it was a fourth round draft pick. Teddy was available. I'm like, I want to plan for the future. And now he's reaching out to me asking for Teddy and the, the trade is going to be, it was a 203 and Nikhil Harry for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and he, he, we basically kind of had that on the table. The two hundred three is basically like uh, I mean, in a, it's a ten man league, so it's a little bit higher than you would think in a in a twelve man league. And I like Nikhil Harry as like a, a gamble, um, maybe for like a breakout, regardless of who they bring in at quarterback. Um, for w- my fourth quarterback, basically, and Teddy has the potential to be higher than that. But I got cold feet and I pulled it down off the off the table because he he dragged his feet on it. So I don't know what to do.
0: Now the value certainly would have been, would have been on your side in a ten man league, in a super flex man. I mean Jordan Love could be there. So yep. ba- basically you could replace Teddy B with Jordan Love and uh, a free in Kill Harry Yeah. And if and if Jordan Love lands uh in Jacksonville, you probably hate it. I saw that today him mocked at Jacksonville now that they traded Nick Foles. I I don't know. Uh but that would be like in in that range. You could even gamble in that spot because Again, you're getting inkill Harry for free. You could gamble in that spot. It may be a hair early in a ten man, but you could take Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's very early. yeah. He's he. But, but I would rather be a hair early than a hair late on, yeah. on, on a guy like him because if you hit on, let's say, you hit on Jacob Eason in this rookie draft class, you, you do okay. But if Jalen Hurts hits the way that people are talking, like he could hit, you again. We we use the term you hit the lottery. You you you've done good. So. I would like the uh, I would like the player in the pick there, especially since he's in a a newly formed superflex, and you've got three other quarterbacks. That and if you got someone nervous, because in a ten man versus a twelve man, the dynamic of superflex changes quite a bit. Yeah. So so if you can put that back out there and he snags it, I I think that's a good deal for you. That's my, my two cents.
1: Yeah, and I think I I ended up getting cold feet because I it was the trade partner I have is one of those th- th- this has got to be a, a specific trade uh, method for a lot of people. He was a nickel dimer, and anybody that keeps like a notebook on a, on an owner like he he kept trying to get more from me. He's like, throw me the three hundred one, and it's a deal. I'm like, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable moving back, or I'm sorry, moving up seven picks for that flip. I'd rather have have Teddy in the in the seventh you know seven pick uh, seven spots in the draft. Um, and he's like, fine, um, we'll do like the, instead of the 301, we'll do the 307 and a third next year. And I was just like, I kind of got turned off from the, the negotiation. And then that's where I pulled my original trade down, which was just the, the more simplified version of that. So
0: I, I can get wear, worn down in trade negotiations like, ugh. that. you know, sometimes if I, if I want the de- my side of the deal bad enough and it's a third, I'm just like, screw it. Yeah, fine. Whatever. But if if if, I, if my heart's not in it and I'm just making the trade and I feel like it's perfectly balanced as all things should be, then then I will I will pull the trigger. But I yeah I I just like dude here's the deal, Let, <laughs> l- l- let's move on. But I I do like that. Um, I want to hit you with a guy who was uh, all the rage this time last year and quite the debate of the dynasty world, Damian Williams. This l- time last year he was going for roughly a back end first and when i say back end, i I mean 109 to 112 in a 12 you know 12 player league and currently his value in the calculator is that of the 205 in a 12 player league so right now today would you either have damian williams or the 205
1: not to make this sound like a commercial like we did at the top of the podcast but i'm going to click on his name really quick in the calculator and just i want to see something because i had a thought in my head that he's found himself in the exact same position as he was in the 2019 off season, where everybody expected a running back to be drafted. There was a clear cut line between the haters and the lovers and they, the, both sides just did not get along. Um, and I'm just taking a look here really quick. So April, 2019, his value was 11 throughout the course of the season. Uh, I should say the off season, it went up to like 15, 16, And the part where I didn't want to make it sound like a uh, commercial is uh, if you click on a player's name, when you have them entered in the calculator, you can pull up a full trend line of what their value has been throughout the course of time uh, over the last 12 to 14 months of history we have. Uh, But that's what it is. So April, 2019, his value was 11. Now we find ourselves in March 20th. It's a little bit lower 7.1, but it's the same type of scenario. Now everybody's expecting a a big named running back to be drafted by the, the Kansas city chiefs, Damian Williams is going to get company, but like, at what point does his value get low enough where it's worth that risk? And if he's the guy,
0: um, to me, with my—I don't want to say disdain—but I've never been a Damian Williams guy. Same. He's—he's he's been in the league I think it's seven years at this point, and he's had flashes of very usefulness. But with this draft class, I've done several mocks. We've been fortunate enough to have your old buddy Nick Whalen, uh, fellow Minnesotan Kane Facel. What up, Nick? Uh, we've had some guys on, some DLF guys, Bosch, others to do some mock drafts with us, and some of the guys that you're going to get in that 205 range, I, I I couldn't I couldn't say no. You might be able to get like a Keyshawn Vaughn there. You mm-hmm. might be able. I mean, we just did a. We're in the middle of doing a fantasy guys mock draft right now with myself, uh, Peter Howard's in there, Jake Anderson's in there. Uh, There's a bunch of people in there, and T. Higgins just went at the 205 in a super flex draft. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me if I can have T. Higgins or Damian Williams, what's Izzy always say? Damian, he gone. He gone. He gone. Get get him all down
1: the road. So you're right. He is dead even with the 205. And one thing that a lot of people don't grasp with the calculator right away is that the the value that you see for players and picks is the middle ground between what uh, people are buying for and what people are selling for. So realistic, people are probably buying Damian Williams for more of like the the two ten range, and people are selling for more of like an early second. Um, now, what what? So two hundred five is a firm no for you. That's a he gone. But w- at what point would you consider buying him?
0: Uh, I'm gonna say two. If if I'm a contender, so I, I like to preface that preface that because context is king. If I'm a contender and I'm a little thin at running back, maybe I've got like two studs and then a handful of question marks. I'll, I'll give you a late second. I'll give you my, my championship or runner runners-up second, the two twelve, thinking yeah. thinking that I can get just enough use out of him to, to maybe carry me to a ship. Because I, I, in a lot of formats now, you have to start two quarterbacks, one tight end, and then it's a, it's a mixed bag of wide receivers and running backs. And he's just a little bit of depth that on a contender, yeah, because, I mean, I, I like to win money. And he's the kind of guy who can help you win Money. So uh two two twelves two 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 11 somewhere in there. That that certainly certainly sounds good. What about Jordan Howard? He's uh he's in a deja vu spot for me, but he's in Miami. What do you make of that?
1: Uh I talked about him on the most recent one and this is it's, it's super compelling for me because I've always liked Jordan Howard. He's only twenty-five somehow, so he feels like he's been around for a lot longer, and it's probably because he's been on so many different teams. Um, He's just like turned into a journeyman, but he's always grinded out production everywhere he's been. He's just a hard worker. You know, he doesn't profile as the most, most athletic uh, running back you'll ever find. And this is the exact same type of scenario that he found himself in Philadelphia, where last year he was, I think he was traded. Um, It was a pretty low pick. I think they only gave him like a, like a fifth round pick for him. So they weren't fully committed. And then the draft came, they picked up Miles Sanders. I think it was the second round for miles, second or third, right? Um, so they 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 invested more in Miles Sanders, um, and it just became kind of like a little bit of a trade-off there, like they were sharing carries, uh, especially towards the end of the season when Jordan Howard was banged up. But now he finds him in a role where there's just no other competition. But going into the draft, I find myself very concerned that he's going to get some kind of company because they need some bodies back there because Patrick Laird isn't going to cut it. Um, like a lot of people, there, there was, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but some people liked Patrick, Patrick Laird, and I, I wasn't on board with that fully, but that's really all there is. You know, there, there's a, uh, who is the rookie they just picked up last or they had last year. Also like. Uh... Well,
0: what? wasn't Mark Walton. He got arrested many, many times. It was. Uh... Oh, the, uh, Mar- not, not, I, I, I can see his face and, and I cannot think of his name. My goodness. Gonna... Googling.
1: Miles Gaskin.
0: Miles Gaskin out of Washington. That is exactly correct.
1: So Laird and Gaskin isn't gonna cut it, so they're gonna they're gonna put some bodies in there. I don't think they're gonna do it during free agency because they kind of they they took their move in free agency with Jordan Howard. So they're gonna I would probably say like a middle of the draft running back who could really probably push Jordan Howard with how deep this uh, draft is. And uh that that's that's concerning to me. Um, it would be really cool because Miami Dolphins have a ton of picks. They have like 12 picks, two or three in the first round, two or three in the second round. they just have a lot of draft capital right now. But the thing is, they need everything. So I could see a scenario, this would pe- be a little bit lower likelihood, but it could pan out where they draft everything else that they need, defense, offensive line, they need everything. Wide receivers, behind Devontae Parker. Um, it's possible that they might not uh, address that position, um, at least early on. And, and it could be Jordan Howard. Maybe he's their guy.
0: Maybe for one season, because they've got a bunch of picks next year. I just counted they have 14 picks this year.
1: 14.
0: and Indeed. but. It, and to your point, uh, it came out also today that they could try to take and package a lot of those picks together and trade up to get the quarterback they like the most from Cincinnati. Word is they really like Burrow, and that they could offer Cincinnati three or four picks, like they could offer all three of their first, the fifth, the eighteenth, and the twenty-sixth, for Gee. for just Burrow. I don't know that my I don't know that Cincinnati does it, but I don't know how Cincinnati can afford not to do it. Uh, who right. knows between now and then? But if they invest a lot of capital, I could see that Miami is kind of like what I I see the Colts doing because I'll I'll transition back to the Colts for a second. I think for the rest of this year, I believe that Frank Reich and Chris Ballard think that Mac Hines and Jordan Wilkins are enough for 2020, mm-hmm. and they'll reevaluate next offseason season because that'll be the end of Mac's contract. Uh, you'll you'll have a little bit more of decisiveness, and I think Miami could do the same thing. You signed them to a cheap. Team friendly deal, hey, you know what? We're gonna roll into 2020 with, with Jordan Howard, with Gaskin, with Laird. If we gotta yeah. pick up, if we gotta pick up a street free agent or somewhere along the way, we can do that. But Jordan Howard could be nice, and he's worth about the 311, 312 in the count. I'm sorry, the the 211 or the 212 in there. He's one of those guys, man. Let that 306 come up on the on the draft board, and if you want Jordan Howard, you can probably get him pretty cheap.
1: I agree, and here's the interesting thing about him too is they they gave him uh, like two years, and I thought it was over 10 million, but what what I'm seeing on the spot track is uh, 10 million on the dot. That puts him as a top 11 running back money, and I know people don't put a whole lot of weight into contracts, but for me, like if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to paying him top 11 uh, money, you're probably gonna plan on using him at least to some extent. So even if he does get some company, I could see like a worst case scenario. 60 40 or even like 70 30 type of uh, uh workload for him with uh with some upside so well that
0: and their offensive coordinator is old man chan gailey his head coach is brian flores from the bill belichick tree i don't think a rookie just comes in there and all of a sudden hikes up his britches and says i'm the man i mm-hmm. think i think you're going to get at least a little early season value out of jordan howard that and that and I, I really see a, a committee so if you're needing a little running back depth cheap, I think during your draft class, you can certainly get it. Um, did, I just want to hit you real quick, and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, Some of the tagged guys, Derrick Henry, A.J. Green, Dak, uh, and then technically Kareem Hunt and Matt Breda got tagged. They got the transition tag with second-round picks. D- did any of those guys have any value fluctuation, or they just kind of are where they are?
1: Oh, man, I, like, I always hate the, the tag. I, I feel like the uh... – Um, NFL Players Association probably consider like um, maybe reconfiguring tags because they seem like they're always super disrespectful the way that they're used. Dak Prescott stands out the most. Derrick Henry is probably like second in line there. These are some guys who are paid not very like Dak specifically. This guy was being paid peanuts I think like 500k a year and he's putting up top four top five NFL quarterback numbers year after year. I think his his rookie season he set some uh, club records uh, this most recent season, he was a uh, top five quarterback for a lot of statistics, and now he's being completely disrespected by a, a franchise tag where he deserves the kind of money that even like they're giving to Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. So there's other guys on his team that probably don't aren't as deserving getting his money, and he's got to be pretty uh, disgruntled right now. However, uh, that's from an NFL perspective. From a, a, a fantasy football perspective, this is good news for us. Uh, it's it's kind of like I feel dirty, and it's a taboo topic to talk about, but Dak Prescott getting a one-year contract he's going to have to have it's another contract year it's another year we have to step up and he's playing for money next year again you know so um, you can fully expect another top five to seven quarterback season out of him again you could be even more brazen to say that um, he could even step forward from his stats last year I would feel really good about the the firm hold on Dak this year Um, I don't think there's any need to sell if you find a window until maybe next year before like during before his contract Um, some of the other transition tags the Kareem Hunt one is hilarious um, to me. And and it's like, this is your chance to buy yourself some Nick Chubb. There probably won't be another golden opportunity like this in the future, in the near future, at least. Um, Everybody, including myself, uh, were were stating how concerned we were with the Kareem Hunt's workload, cutting into Nick Chubb's uh, work in the passing game. And now it's like, it's it's at an all-time pinnacle for that. So like, I would be um shopping everything for Nick Chubb right now because he's, he's the future and I have no concern with his volume and what he's capable of covering uh, in the in the few touches that he'll get when Kareem Hunt's in the offense too.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I, uh, I I had a Kareem Hunt share. I'm sure not Kareem Hunt, excuse me, Nick Chubb share. And I sold him in a league where it was, I, inher- I much like you inherited a roster in trade Attic seven with me, but I inherited this league and league that uh, Jerry, my, my co-host wrote me into. And it was like only my, only real asset that I wanted to sell. I didn't want to move DJ Moore. I didn't want to move Cortland Sutton. So I got three firsts for him, and I thought three. First, I, thought, I got the, it's a tight end premium super flex. I got the one hundred and five, the one ten, and a twenty twenty one. At yeah, what and, point of the season was that? Uh, off season. I jumped oh, in. Nice. Jumped in. Did did a two team dispersal. Uh, I've I've moved all my my veteran assets. I moved Adam Thielen and a third for Paris Campbell and the one twelve. Just made some moves like that to. I think I've got four 2020 first-round picks in a couple of seconds, and I'm really gonna build around uh, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, uh, my man Blake Jarwin can't get away from him, and you know just just hopefully get lucky. I I have a since I control it, I have a good I have a good feeling that I'm gonna finish around 101 or 102 in 2021, and that's gonna land me a little little Trevor Lawrence action hopefully but uh, i i can't let you go without talking about the uh, the big news of the day todd Gurley cut and uh, just a ripple effect i'm not not even so much of where he goes but his current value and i wouldn't have expected with short notice you guys could have ch- changed it this fast
1: oh he's he, updated
0: oh he's already updated okay oh, so yeah, yeah. so so what's the update
1: we are uh, very very uh we would consider them live updates so like a, a lot of the calculator i would say like the vast majority are these algorithms but there there is there has to be a human element because an algorithm uh, can't account for like these sudden changes um, so we're forced to do uh, uh, some tweaks here and there and then when the algorithm catches up we'll let that take over but Todd Gurley's adjusted all right
0: talk to me about Todd Gurley uh, based on what I just saw he's worth between the 112 and the 201 yep uh, right there in the middle um, is that fair would you be buying would you be selling there what do you think I mean even before you know a landing spot?
1: So this has been obviously a topic of conversation today. I was shocked that he was fully released. I, I couldn't imagine a scenario where they couldn't find some sort of uh, value in a, a trade, even if it's like a, a middle or lower pick. I, I'm, I'm surprised that a guy like David Johnson could fetch uh, that type of uh, asset in return for a trade after that season that he had. And Todd Gurley by, by no stretch was uh, performed poorly last year. Um, so This just tells me that there is probably legitimate concern. I know, I know that this was a big money saving move by the Rams, but there's probably legitimate concern for Todd Gurley's long-term health with his, with his knees. So that's the obvious take here. And I don't want to bore you with the same take that I gave with Cam Cam Newton, but like, uh, I wonder what Todd Gurley's net worth is. And maybe he's uh, contemplating that. Although I know he's beginning, beginning uh, beginning to tweet at teams that he's interested in. So I know that he's probably going to be going somewhere, but His time is going to wear out, and he's another one of those players that you acquire now and you look for a value peak during the season to maybe move away from him on, you know?
0: Let the David Johnson, Todd Gurley news be a fateful reminder for all of you young men and women out there. When you see that handsome young man or that beautiful young woman out there and you want to ask him out, do. Because you know what? The general manager of the Cardinals asked about DeAndre Hopkins, and he got told yes. Did he come through with the best offer? No, he did not. But he got mm-hmm. what he was looking for. So when life hands you the opportunity to do something, do it. You never know. The answer is just meant.
1: shots of whiskey, yep, liquid courage, and mm-hmm. just ask. You never know.
0: Just, just ask. Had, uh, I think his name's Les Sneed, the GM of the, the Rams, said, Hey, Bill O'Brien, we'll, throw, uh, we'll give you a, a ham sandwich, Todd Gurley, <laughs> uh, a, a second-round pick, all we wants is DeAndre Hopkins. What are we going to do with him? I don't know. We'll trade Brandon Cooks or somebody for another running back. We'll just – we'll figure it out on the back end. But th- there you go. Life Cook's lesson. On the hot seat too, man. There's a there's – a, you know, speaking of retirement, you know, kind of like Jordan Reed. I know he's made decent coin. He was a – you know, I think he was a first-round pick. He He's made wow. some money. He got the second contract. And and reason for him is it's concussion issues. You're a young man. You've got – you know, you and I are a little bit older in life. You mentioned your uh, your birthday this week we're we're telling you from a from a personal preference and a, a personal experience that you know there there's more to life than than just this and you got a lot of years ahead of you so mm-hmm. you you ne- never know what what he's going to do i really hope they trade him i'd like to see them get something for him but that's the whole thing i don't get about the nfl and we can equate this to dynasty on the way out don't let people know what's inside your head If people know what's inside your head, they can use it against you. Why will nobody give anything to L.A. for Todd Gurley or to Carolina for Cam Newton? Everybody knows you're up against it, and you're going to have to cut them or make a move. So they'll just wait you out. And when when, when people know that about your dynasty roster, don't give them too much information because it can be leveraged against you. All right, JP, I'm going to get you out of here, man. What do you want to tell us about the Dynasty Trades Calculator? Um, so much good stuff going on. You got, you got new features. I, I still love the badges, man. Uh, I won't spoil it for those that have not signed up yet, but you got to check out the one, uh, with the, uh, the, 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 oh, who's the old guy? Um, um, oh, drawing the, ball, Morgan Freeman. You got to check out oh, the Morgan, yes. the Morgan Freeman one is, is pure gold. Um, Uh, they're just just just, throwing a
1: quarterback like drew Brees or tom brady and you'll get the the morgan freeman age cliff badge just warning you that these guys are about done it's 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 just so
0: much fun so so what else do you (laughs) want these people to know because we do have a lot of loyal patreons that are you know you know investing in their dynasty rosters so for 15 bucks a month guys seriously you're not out at the bar (laughs) buy two beers a one and a half mixed drinks right now for if you can go without one and a half mixed drinks at the bar you just paid for the dynasty trade calculator for a year am i wrong
1: there you go that's exactly what it is maybe even if you're at a really nice bar it might be one drink for crying out loud
0: i've been to some bars like that in vegas for sure so yeah it's it's, it's it seems like 15 dollars but man all the use you can do out of it and i tell you it's a lot of fun if you're in quarantine to start throwing in trades and figure out what what could I do. So there you go. Might even be a tax write-off this time next year. But no, man, I, I don't mean to turn the entire show into the, the the trade calculator, but it is one that I personally believe in. It is one that I personally use, and uh, it, it makes it it makes it a good thing for the community. What about you personally? You got any startups going on? The leagues, Izzy, what's up?
1: So with the, uh, the advent of league import, we added Sleeper to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now I need to find myself in a startup uh, on the Sleeper platform because I need to get familiarized with it and understand how it works because it's just uh, it's an up-and-coming platform. I'm, I've been pretty impressed with the exposure I've had to it. And there are people that are diehard Sleeper platform guys. So now I need to get into it and try it out myself. Are you in any Sleeper Leagues?
0: I'm in, a com- I'm in a couple. Our Listener League uh, is a Sleeper League, and I'm in one with Tyler... Gunther and a couple other guys at Sleeper. It's not bad. It's one of those things. You really got to use it a lot to get used to it. But I know that if I read correctly the other day, they just launched Devi on there as well on on Sleeper. So
1: nobody does that, right?
0: Kind of. You can import, you can create your own Devi.
1: Yeah, but like nobody does it officially. You know, MFL like allows you to customize it, like enter a brand new player. And it's kind of fun because you can change your names and stuff but
0: oh yeah th- th- there's always some easter eggs uh scott fish last year in the scott fish Bowl had a lot of nice easter eggs al bundy was a draftable yep. person al bundy's in the calculator oh is he really yep <laughs> oh nice I'll, I'll have to throw that in the google man but listen you can find jp on twitter at ff hercules and over at uh it's a ff dynasty trades
1: you got uh, The main handle is at FF Dynasty Trades, and you got it. Yep, at, at uh, FF Hercules is my, uh, my Twitter handle. You got it.
0: You got to follow him. He is not only tweeting about this. He tweets about real life. He tweets about being a dad. He tweets about being quarantined. He is a great follow. <laughs> so, so make sure you're following JP. But on behalf of JP, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you right back here real soon. Thanks for tuning in. ma, ma. 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 We're going to get a calculator. That's all we want, ma. I'm going to add so many numbers together. We I'm going to keep dividing numbers until
1: there's like 50 numbers after the decimal. <laughs>